Welcome to Uncorked, where we bring you the latest trends, headline news, and tricks to dominate the market all while sipping fine wine. Last episode, Jesse Wright and I talked about growing a thriving network, and by the end of this episode, I'm gonna make sure that we all know why we need to build a granny flat in our backyard. The show is brought to you by One Hope Winery in Napa Valley, the winery where every bottle gives back. To schedule your private tasting, visit uncorkshow.com. Welcome to Uncorked. I'm your host, Arisha Garnada, and today I'm sitting down with a guy who literally every single time I hear or I bring up ADU or Guest House or anything along those lines, um, people go like, have you met Hanish? And so welcome to the show. Thank Hanish. you. And I'm going to say your name. So Paul, political. Political. Yeah, yeah. political. Yeah, yeah, and you're, yeah it's like a polit- political. Political. I, I try to not be political. Yeah, of course. I, I consider myself post a lot of things, and post political is definitely uh-huh. one of them. But I'm definitely still a political. Yeah, political. Okay, yeah. perfect. And then you're the only Hanish I know. It's true. It's just like I'm the only Risha you know. Yes, that's true. Also. Yeah, yeah. Um, so today is a big episode. It's a, just a regular why? size bottle, though. Why you ask? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this is um, we are going to feature empathy wines. I've heard good things. Yeah? Yeah. Do you know who is behind Empathy? Yeah, Gary V. Gary V. Yeah. I look up to Gary V like crazy. I mean, I listen to him almost well, he I speaks the him truth. every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to try this. We've not had a sip of our wine yet. Mm-mm, just been smelling. Shall we? Yeah. Shall we? I'm salivating. Empathy, rosé. I'm really thirsty. Okay. okay. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's refreshing. Mmm. That's nice. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's that complexity. You can feel it at the top of your mouth as yeah. well. Ooh, and then just the chills. You see, did you get the goose? Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, I got yeah. a little goosebumps. Down my there. spine. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good when you mm. have a whole body feel. Yeah, it's so hot. Beverage. Yeah. yeah. It's so hot in here. And then you drink this, and it's so refreshing. That's exactly right. Like you could right. guzzle it. It's like the, the description. It's like at the pool or at the beach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is what you want to have as your hydration. Yeah, I'm going to say this. You could put a straw on this. It's juicy. I mean, I don't put straws in my wine, but it's juicy. It's berry. Isn't it crazy that this comes from just a grape? Like, it's not like a blended drink. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, especially with the fizziness mm. of it a little bit, because you do get a little bit of carbonation. Yeah. Not as much as mm-hmm. like bubbly or anything, yeah. but there's still a little bit of carbonation. And I, I have a feeling that the, the taste will change as this cools from the cool that it is right now. Yeah. And so we'll get a little bit more flavor as mm-hmm. it warms up. Yeah, as it's not Because so it's kind of chilly right now, which is great. Yeah, it's refreshing. Because I'm starting to sweat mm-hmm. Yeah, with these yeah. lights on. Yeah. Gosh, it gets hot in here. Um, so one thing I've noticed when I'm drinking like a higher-end wine is it does kind of have that fizziness mm-hmm. on the tongue. I don't know what that's from. I should really research that. But I had this really great Chardonnay once, and it was like it was over $100. Oh, wow. And Chardonnay normally don't spend that much. On it, I was like fortunate where someone brought that in, and it has that same feeling, and it's just super smooth, and it just like bubbles on your tongue, like in a great way, exciting. Yeah, yeah absolutely, and, and it's definitely all mouth. I don't get much of the taste from my throat, mm-hmm. like you do with some of the more deeper reds and things like mm-hmm. that. But that's what a rosé is. It's kind of more party in your mouth and tongue. Yeah. Than, than deeper in you. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite rosé, for sure. I mean, yeah. I don't have it that often because I don't. And like it's not, it's not it, super sweet. So, so like good. for an adult palate that doesn't want like 
Like I love drinking yeah, wine reds. coolers. Mm-hmm. Like this is a, a good blend between it's got a hint of sweet, yeah. it's refreshing, mm-hmm. it's still wine, it's made for adults. Yes. I love it. Well, good job. Good job, Empathy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that will definitely be my go-to for my summer drink. Uh, so today, we're going to talk about, I mean, ADUs. So if you could just start it off. I mean, you are the pro, like I mentioned. I'll be at a networking event, and I will just, we'll start talking about Airbnbs or whatever. And for some reason, your name always comes up. You've done a great job branding yourself there. Yeah, thank you. Um, even, even a little bit with construction, too. I've had people go like, have you met Hanish? Like, I, everyone tells me to meet him. So I'm so glad that I'm sitting down with you now. But tell me more. Like, what is an ADU? Tell well, the reason why it's such a buzzword right now is because of our housing crunch, mm-hmm. right? And, and I feel like we've done this to ourselves, and not we, but the governments that run our state and our city have made it so difficult and expensive to build. And we've created zoning that was made when cars were the only way to get around because we've created all of our cities and our communities around cars. Now we're trying to fix that. So two years ago in 2017, when they changed the bills to make ADUs, backyard homes, granny flats, Mm -hmm. accessory dwelling units, easier to build, uh, it's starting to get a lot more resurgence in this because previously it was super expensive, very time uh, costly, and very few homes would have qualified. And so now they're saying previously it was only 5% of homes that would have qualified to build an ADU in California. Mm-hmm. Now with the new regulations that have opened it up, 100% of homes would qualify to build an ADU. Oh, wow. So that's, that from five to 100% is a big difference. So that's why yeah, it's a big definitely. buzzword on this and it's supposed to help with the housing crunch. We're not building mm-hmm. enough units. Prices are through the roof for both purchases and rentals. Right. Uh, and people can't afford to stay here. So this gives <clears throat> family members an opportunity to build an extra unit and house family members or mm-hmm. people that have a house and it's getting expensive they could build a, a guest house or a rental unit yeah. and rent it and offset their their housing costs for their main unit mm-hmm. and in some cases it's a thousand dollars or more per house per per homeowner yeah and so it's a significant number so unless you hate money you really should be building one of these things right yeah um especially if you have the space because it's fairly i mean i don't want to say easy but like you said They've made it easier, right? Yeah. Or it, would you call it easy? I mean, what's your... um, It's all relative, you know, so it's okay. a lot easier than before. And every week, they're changing regulations. Like two okay. weeks ago, they passed six additional laws that make it even easier, right? Okay. So one of them was owner occupancy. Previously, you had to live in one of the two units to build the second unit. They just changed mm-hmm. that two weeks ago. Now you can just be an investor, own a single family house, and build a second unit. Wow. Right? So this is, it's loosening up continuously yeah. to keep allowing more and more people to participate and add to the housing stock, mm-hmm. hopefully increase the supply of rentals. Yeah. And um, it, there's so many more benefits. If you're the owner, you get that instant equity, mm-hmm. you get that cash flow. And every time we've run the numbers, you're making anywhere from 600 to to $1,000 per month for your property. Yeah. And so I've had clients come to me and like, we've run the numbers. I understand it. I can't afford to wait. Right. Because I know, it it's right gonna, yeah, I know it's going to take a year to get through the planning and the permits and the mm-hmm. building. But I don't want to wait 13 months or 16 months. Yeah. Let's get started now. So next October, we're starting to make $1,000 a month. Okay. Okay, so tell me a little bit about the process. So if I already, like let's just say I already have a house and yeah. it has a, a good size lot. I mean, it sounds like it doesn't even matter about lot size doesn't anymore. Matter. But I'm okay with putting someone <clears throat> on my lot. Um, then, you know, what's the process going to be like from start to finish time-wise? It will take a year to build one? Yeah, non-coastal, it takes a year. Okay. Right? So uh, figure that anytime you're doing something with your property that has to go to the city, you have to get an architect or a draftsman to not 
only draw the plans for what you're going to build, but also your as-built plans. Mm -hmm. So what's the property that's on your, your lot now look like? Where are the setbacks? How, yeah. how many bathrooms does it have? How many fixtures? And then the second set of plans is, okay, where are you putting the additional unit and what's that look like? Okay. So that takes some time because an architect has to come out and measure it, draw these things up, and, and everyone's a little bit busy, right? Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a limited number of professionals that do this, and so now figure that takes two to three months yeah. to get together plans. And then you got to go to the city with seven sets of plans and have seven different departments within the city permitting department review it mm -hmm. and then approve it and give you feedback if you didn't get it perfect the first time. Yeah. And that could take at the minimum two to three months if you've got someone that knows what they're doing. If you have something, someone that's kind of less experienced, mm -hmm. it could take several months with revisions and corrections trying to get it right if you don't know the code inside and out. Right. Um, and then after that, we get the permit to build got to pour a foundation or convert a garage or build it above your garage and that timing is anywhere from four to six months and a lot of that can be contingent on availability of people products and weather right okay yeah you know, of course like uh, building a house right exactly so if you can't pour a foundation if it's raining every day mm -hmm. which typically isn't a problem in san diego so climate change is seeming right. to be real and we had like three straight months of rain mm -hmm. earlier this year yeah and that delayed some of our projects because we couldn't pour on wet ground mm -hmm. So uh, that's so figure all in 12 months. That's kind of a good rough estimate. Okay. So when you say that the process is easier now, <clears throat> you just mean like it's it, it was longer. It was it's it's more like building a house now and the timeline that that takes to build a home versus if you're even allowed to do it, right? When you say easier? Yeah, easier in terms of you know, we have people that are like, "Oh, I looked into building one several years ago and they said no." Well, that's changed now. Okay. So if you looked into building one before 2017, there was a 95% chance that they told you no, right? Because only 5% of homes qualify. Yeah, okay. Now with that easier restrictions on parking, setbacks, mm -hmm. uh, and things like that, that now opens up a lot more properties mm -hmm. to say, yes, you can do this. Yeah. And, and instead of the city saying, rejected, go, you know, you can't do it, they'll work with you and say, okay, if you just tweak this a little bit, Here's how you can get your plans approved. Go right. back to the, the drawing board to fix it and bring it back and resubmit. And we'll, mm -hmm. we'll get it approved. So they're being they're being trained to be more helpful in the process of getting these things done. Right. Okay. Um, I've also heard about um, is there is there such a thing as like um, pre-approved plans? Like yes. A, like a set of plans where you could just be like, I want that one for my house. Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, certain you know, cities and areas of San Diego County have allowed it. Mm -hmm. So the county, as a greater part outside of the city, has at least two plans now, and they plan to add more that are just off the shelf that you could use. That'll save you a couple thousand dollars of having to have an architect draw that up. You mm -hmm. still need the architect to draw your as-built plans, yeah. right? And then they got to figure out where they're going to put that unit on your property. But it saves them a little bit of time if they've got some blueprints to work from. Okay. Same with Encinitas. They've got six plans so far that you can start from. But you still need to get a site plan. You mm -hmm. still need to get a survey engineer. Make sure the soil is good, if it's yeah. level enough, or build it up properly. Or, but as soon as you want to flip, which way the door is or where mm -hmm. a window is, you, you know, you kind of have to fix that as well. It, it's still faster because you have some plans. Um, I like to use those because it gives people an idea of what 600 square feet can look like, mm -hmm. or 800 square feet, or a thousand. And that's why yeah. I've actually opened up my ADU on my property to let people see what 875 square feet can look like because mm -hmm. if it's designed properly and drawn up properly and and, uh, and planned properly it can feel a lot bigger yeah. because it's done thoughtfully and usefully and with open spaces it makes it feel a lot bigger than mm -hmm. the size that it says it is on paper right 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, yours is a is yours above your garage? It's not. I have I have a a, a a detached garage on the alley behind my mm -hmm. house. And so that garage is converted, including the second floor above it, and then I have a rooftop on top of that. Oh, cool. And then there's adjacent parking for that unit as well. Right. So it's nice because when I have guests or, or friends or family visit, they can come in through the alley and, and not disturb us at all. I don't even mm. see them walking by. They come straight in. They have their own parking spot. They have their own front door that's on the alley. Yeah. And they can use their own rooftop. And it's, very, nice. uh, it's very non-disruptive. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Now, ADU stands specifically for what? Accessory dwelling unit. Okay. Yeah. And you had said something along the lines of, like, if, if, if you can share what what exactly like qualifies as an ADU. It has to have a kitchen. Okay. It has to have a bathroom and someplace to sleep. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then it has to not be like you have to not like walk through your house to get to it, right? Correct. You have to have your own separate entrance. Like yeah. if it's attached to your current residence, mm -hmm. you have to have an, uh, an, an, a separate entrance directly to that unit. Right. And you're also not allowed to have an interior entrance to that ADU. Okay. You're supposed to not have a door to that ADU from your current unit. Okay. So if someone already has the space, they could just connect it or they could just convert something in their house yes and that might be a lot more cost effective yes. they could do it quicker yeah if you've got extra space or you've got you mm -hmm. know one of those houses with two family rooms yeah you could definitely wall it off and convert one mm -hmm. and as long as you can get the plumbing hookups and and the, the the utilities that you need for your kitchen and your bathroom yeah in that location people have done that where they convert part of their house because they don't need their whole house yeah into an adu what a great idea and so now uh, a few weeks ago they passed a rule not only can you build an adu either part of your house or detached, you can now get a junior ADU, which means that you can even take a bedroom that you have in your house, put an exterior door on it, and rent that out separately as a legal third junior ADU. But it has to have a kitchen or no? You can, they can use your shared kitchen, and they can use your shared bathroom. Oh, they wow. They don't have to have their own exclusive and that's, space. that qualifies as a junior ADU. Yeah. My goodness. It's, it's crazy because I think um, Airbnbs really open this all up. Yeah. For everyone to, to kind of make this a model, like if you if you like hospitality, you now don't have to open up like a bed and breakfast. You know what I mean? Like you, like you can you don't have to have that huge giant investment. You can run it outside of your house. You can do it from just, your house, which is was great. And I know yeah. when I was younger and more single, I would definitely rent a room in a house sometimes mm -hmm. when I would travel if I was going by myself. Right. Yeah, uh, and it was no big deal. And I kind of liked meeting up with other travelers mm -hmm. or the, the host or whoever it was because yeah, I'm a those sociable called? person. Um, they're called, it's, it's something where you could go into those really, is it called a, ho, a hostel? Hostel? Yeah. I don't like the name, but yeah, right? Aren't, it's kind of like the same idea. I guess those are more like hotels, right? Yeah, where, hotels are definitely more professionally run, but yeah, yeah, there's definitely people that I've met. Like I remember going to Scottsdale for a conference and this guy had a really nice big mansion. He had mm -hmm. like four or five bedrooms and yeah. he was a single guy and he rented out his bedrooms. Yeah. And um I just rented a bedroom. I had a pool nice. and a big kitchen, and, and no then one was you're there with most people, of the day. And it's Got fun. to meet a couple people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fine. I mean, but you know, with these with these new regulations for ADUs, it's intended for 30 day or longer rentals. Mm -hmm. um, so the idea is to help people that are residents that need more affordable housing and to create more housing stock, so that the people that live here can use it more. But is that now, happening? Now, I, now there's there's what's the letter of the law in black and white, and then mm -hmm. there's the gray area, which is, is anyone enforcing those rules? Mm -hmm. And the answer is, I haven't heard of it. Yeah, yeah so. so that's actually um, very interesting that you bring that up. So the point of, of uh, making this easier to build ADUs, and I mean, that is actually for people who want to live 
um, in the home longer term than 30 days. It's not it's not designed for Airbnbs. Curren I think people need to know that and yeah. they need to hear that. <clears throat> yeah, currently, the you know, by the letter of the law, you're not supposed to be building them or having an ADU for a vacation rental. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's so if meant you want to do that, buy something, buy a home for that. It, it's, it, it really depends because in the city of San Diego, per the municipal code, uh -huh. vacation rentals are not allowed in general. Yeah. In general. There's, it, it's called transient uh, use, which is anything that's less than 30 days, mm -hmm. which in the civil code does not allow in any residential zoning. Right. Uh, what's happened is that Kevin Faulkner, our mayor, a few years ago has said we're not going to enforce that. Right. It's still the rule. But, but if not. there's no enforcement, then it's not the rule. So then what happens if someone has a business plan of purchasing a home, which we see, okay? We see this all the time as realtors. Yeah. They want to purchase a home, and they want to create an Airbnb business out of it. Yeah. I would say that It's kind along of scary. With, it's kind of risky. Yeah, you know, when you do a business, and, and you know this, and I know this because I've got a few businesses, right. is you have plan A, which is everything works out perfectly. And ideally, then you mm -hmm. have a plan B, which is, okay, something happened where I can't do it, plan A. Yeah. So your plan B should be... Does this still pencil out mm -hmm. as a long-term rental? Right. Or as a 30-day-plus rental? Because mm -hmm. there's still a large demand for people that would love to have a furnished rental, mm -hmm. especially like the traveling professionals, yeah, traveling travel nurse. nurses, yep. traveling okay. executives that yep. might come for six months at a time right. as an interim exec. And there's a, a big demand for that or transitional housing for mm -hmm. someone that's moved in and wants to live somewhere that's furnished for a few months or a year until yeah. they can find something. So your furnished unit will still rent for a premium over an unfurnished unit. Yeah, especially if it looks beautiful. Yeah, and like then it's and furnished then, well. And so it's possible that, that could still pencil out as well mm -hmm. as having it as a short-term rental. Mhm. Mm as a vacation rental because of the turnover, because of the vacancy factor, yeah. because of the wear and tear on your unit, it's possible that it could pencil out still, right? Right. Uh, so I've I've looked into that as well and you know, websites like Furnished Finder pair people that are looking for furnished units. Mhm. Mm with hosts that have furnished units available for them. So it can really be compelling to use that venue as well, right? Absolutely. For, so for every website like Airbnb there is out there, there's another 30 websites that accommodate different types of visitors mm -hmm. along the same lines or with their special flavor or whatever that unique twist is that, that's their competitive advantage. Yeah. Um, I think that when you are, when, when, you, when you do think of it like that, like here's, you know, here's option A, yeah. here's option B, um, you you always do have to have that that safety net, and um, I like the idea of basically like having your own like your own home um, that you're gonna own anyway and live in anyway, and have an owner occupancy like or have a um, an, an owner occupied interest rate like your interest rate's way cheaper True. when you actually live in the home, right. and then if you build a ADU either attached to your property or build a separate one whatever, um, I think that it's really I mean, I think that's the safest way to do it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're on site. You've got a good purview of what's happening. You don't have to trust anyone else. It's in your backyard or right. it's above your garage or yeah. it is your garage. Mm -hmm. And, um, you, you know, you're, you're, if, when you're, that proximity gives you control. Yeah. And if they start, um, if they were to start, like, enforcing it, then enforcing, like, okay, no vacation rentals, yep. then, then it's okay because you still have that, that house there and it's not like now you're going to lose the property because yeah. you know because you can't make that $6,000 a month or whatever you want to make on that property. Right. And, yeah. and you know that's only during that's only during peak season anyways right. and there's yeah. a demand, you know, like mm -hmm. when you look at 
how many people want a furnished unit mm -hmm. for more than a month, you know, one to three months or six months or longer. Right. Those people don't get them and then they end up staying at like, you know, an extended stay hotel, mm -hmm. which isn't preferred, right? Right. If you had the choice, you'd rather stay in someone's cute little apartment mm -hmm. versus at a Staybridge Suites, even if you get a free cookie in the evening. Totally. That's true. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, so... <coughs> I, um, I'm just making sure there's nothing I miss because there's so much on this topic. I feel like. No, it's interesting. Like you know, so, I mean, no, it, it's, it's, um, a, a realtor called me the other day. He's like, mm -hmm. hey, Anisha, I got a client. He's buying a house and he's ready to build an ADU on it. I was like, awesome. He's like, send me your cheat sheet. I was like, oh, that, cheat sheet. that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so many different criteria, so many different neighborhoods, so many different rules. Like, mm -hmm. for example, you don't need to build your, your guest house with fire sprinklers if your primary house doesn't have fire sprinklers. Oh, right? mine does. <laughs> so if you have a primary house with yeah. fire sprinklers, now if you build a guest house, you've got to put sprinklers right. in it. Right. Wow. Okay. Right? So mm -hmm. it's like you, there's no cheat sheet for that. Like My yeah. cheat sheet would be 30 pages long. It's basically the city you and know, it municipal change code. Yeah. all the and time. It's changing you have to every week. You constantly update it. Right. And, okay. Same with parking restrictions. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I just took my parking spot and now I just turned it into a rental unit. Do I need a replacement parking spot? Right. The answer is, it depends. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's like, are you within half a mile of a transit stop or a bus stop or a rapid transit stop? Because if you are, you don't need to replace that parking spot. Right. If you're not, you do need a parking spot. Mm -hmm. Right, so there's no cheat sheet unless, you know, like the, it, this would be one of those diagrams that'd be super complicated that yeah. you'd have to be a scientist to read, you know? So you have to get the right people that are on your team that understand it. You can't just take someone that's like, a draftsman from another state that you mm -hmm. know knows how to draw up a, a, a square with a kitchen and a bathroom in it. Like that doesn't work because you're going to end up taking a year to get those plans approved. Yeah, and that's a thousand dollars a month that you lost mm -hmm. from not having that place built already. It would have been better for you to spend a couple thousand dollars extra and get a proper architect or professional that knows Absolutely. what they're doing yeah. to draw that plan up properly. So if they wanted to get started on this project, so if I have um, a client, you know that is really interested in just kind of looking into, I mean, they want to do it, right? Yeah. But um, but even if they're at the beginning stages, like what would you say? They just Yeah, they could call us you. directly. Yeah, mm -hmm. they can call us directly and say, hey, I've got this property. Here's my address. Yeah. What's possible? Okay. And there's resources that we can do quickly that will say, yes, it's possible. Mm -hmm. And then there's resources that'll take us two to three hours to figure out Right. And say yes, this is possible, and here's exactly what you could build okay. at the hot, at the the most. Yeah, you could build up to this, and mm -hmm. you could build up to these property lines. And depending on where they want to locate it on their property and things like that, it all it all matters. So, mm -hmm. you know, you could do that for anywhere from free to just a few hundred dollars to get that assessment. Okay, depending on how complicated it is, and so right. that'll tell you, all right, great, I do want to move forward because then that's going to be several thousand dollars more to draw mm -hmm. up those plans and get the permits, and you know, figure that's going to cost quite a bit of money before you're even able to start bidding for contractors to build right. the thing out. Yeah, which you guys can do too. Which is, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's our specialty. But, you know, we have great architects that we work with and we have draftsmen mm -hmm. in-house and we can help you get through all that process. But there's the design portion, which is one part of the contract mm -hmm. and that can be standalone. Yeah. And then you can bid that out to anyone you want. Okay. And then there's the construction portion, which is after the design portion and the plans are done because I can't tell you how much it's going to cost until I see what your plans are. Right. Right. I can give you ballparks. Yeah. Or they can tell you like what their max is or something. Yeah, what their budget is. And then we can, you know, I love when people tell me that my budget's 200000 What can you build? Yeah. Cool. Let's work backwards from there. Right. And, and make That's it helpful. work. Yeah, it's helpful because yeah. now we know what your budget is and exactly. we're going to try to do this right. Um, and I'm not here to build one of these. I'm here to mm -hmm. build 200 of them. Right. right. And so I'm not going to try to, you know, 
play with you on pricing and, and mm -hmm. profit as much because we're just putting it into our spreadsheets and it's a metric that says this is what we need to keep our business moving yeah. uh, and, and be able to provide the proper customer service to the clients so they're not having a miserable experience. Right, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna close on this. What's your favorite drink? <laughs> I know this rosé went down like really smooth, but yeah, rosé when it's hot is now I become know, my favorite is, drink. Yeah. Like if, if you're in the green, if you're in the studio, mm -hmm. you need some empathy rosé. Mm -hmm. um, you know, on the regular, so I've good. really grown to love just good old-fashioned, really high-quality double filtered water. Mm -hmm. But if it's a special oh, occasion, gosh, double filtered water. You, you can get the impurities that with double filter. <laughs> and uh, I, I double filter my house. That's okay, I weird. love water too. Besides water, what's yeah. your favorite drink? Scotch. Okay. Yeah, scotch. I, I do like scotch. It's probably, uh, you, you know, one of those things where brown people like scotch oh. type thing. But <laughs> Let's see, uh, my husband's true. Italian. Yeah. He lo loves scotch. Okay. Yeah, so what kind of scotch do you drink? Um, I, I like all of them. I even like the American whiskeys, you know, mm -hmm. but like I do like scotch. Like I don't mind the smoky stuff. I, you know, I, I like the variety okay. and I, Petey. I like Petey the peaty stuff. Right? I like the smoky stuff and I like the single bales. I like the blends. Yeah. I mean, I do just like the variety. Mm -hmm. There's not like one that I love more than others. Yeah. Um, uh, I just, I know I like scotch more than like Macallan, right? Macallan's, Macallan's a great scotch. Yeah, for sure. You know, mm -hmm. like I like the old bands and, um, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Any of the glens are okay. They're fine, you know. Yeah. But I, I prefer scotch every time over, over vodka or rum or right. tequila and things like yeah. that. Tequila is close number two. Well, well, next time we probably won't do a tequila tasting because I think that just gets crazy. I don't know if you taste tequila. I mean, you can, um, but Definitely. yeah, next time we'll do a scotch tasting. I'm okay. <laughs> we'll I'm okay see where with that, that goes. It won't be this hot. Maybe it'll be cooler. Yeah, no doubt. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you are interested in building a granny flat or ADU in your backyard, or perhaps you want to purchase a new investment property, Hennish and I are here to help you. Visit uncorkshow.com, and I look forward to you tuning in next week.